Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Monday edition of the show, but not a victory Monday because the Bucks fumbled the bag late, particularly the man you see on the right in this graphic, Todd Bowles, and he had one disastrous of a press conference today. We will get into all of that and why he fumbled today's uh, press conference and why he was so contradictory. We, of course, will also, on a positive note, have Roll Call coming in at 420 today. Let us know where you're watching, Pewter people. We love our fans that watch the Pewter Report podcast and listen to, of course. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me as my fellow co-host at pewterreport.com. SR Scott Reynolds and Scott seeing is believing. And I don't think we'd be able to uh, convince people what Todd Bowles had to say today, unless we had it on video, which we did. (laughs) I've covered, uh, let's see, Sam Weish, Tony Dungy, John Gruden, Raheem Morris, uh, Greg Shiano, Lovey Smith, Dirk Cutter, Bruce Arians, Tybalt. This is the ninth head coach I've covered. And there are some press conferences that I've been witness to and in, in, in a party to that, uh, that were kind of like just mind-numbing. Today was one of those days. Today was one of those days, folks, where I've been doing this a long time. And just when you think you've heard and, and seen it all, here comes another one. This was uh, th- this this was this was crazy, man. This was this was doubling down on a mistake, big time. Where you know, I, listen, I want to give Todd Bowles, um, you know, the time to kind of right the ship. I, I I typically let's put it this way: in in my almost three decades of covering this team. I have only called for a couple coaches to be fired. Uh, Lovey Smith was one. Greg Shannon was another. Um, this was um, th- this. Th- there's a moment typically in in head coaches' tenures here in Tampa. The the ones that don't end on their own terms. And really the only one that's ended on his own terms with Bruce Arians saying, I'm out, I'm retired. Tony Dungy got fired. John Gruden got fired. Uh, But there's usually a moment where it all starts to kind of unravel. Right. And, and some of you who have been anti bulls from for a long time can point back to other games and and way earlier. And in this, it's one thing for me to call for, for Byron Leftwich to be fired, which I have a couple times. And I mean, I'm just ready for, a new offensive coordinator at this point. It, yeah. it, 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 I, I can, I can just reference the columns I've written. I mean, I'm on record saying Byron should be fired, should have been fired during the bye week, should have been fired after the Ravens game, should have been fired after the Carolina game. That's my stance. I'm not budging from it. With head coaches, I usually try to give them at least a full year. I was about a year in, well, up until like the Washington Redskins game, uh, the collapse of the Capitals, I call it. When when the Bucks were up big time under Lovey Smith, and then they collapsed and lost, and that was the whole Kirk Cousins, you know, you, you like, like that, that moment, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that for me was like, all right, I'm done. I I cannot support Lovey Smith as a head coach of this team anymore. Greg Shiano had his moment. R- Raheem Morris in the 
uh, 10 straight loss downward spiral in 2011. I mean, that was certainly his moment. This might have been Ty Bowles' moment unless he really turns this thing around because it was just uh, uh, disastrous. I, I'm going to call a timeout here, Matt. Can you put the graphic say, back up? Yeah, put the yeah. Ab- back up. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, I don't yeah. know when this picture was taken during the game for uh, on, on Sunday. <laughs> but, Look at Coach Casey Rogers. <laughs> I mean, it, this is not photoshopped. He is literally standing right next to Todd Bowles. This is a photo from USA Today. And I don't know when this photo was taken during the game, but like you want it to be editorially, right? You want it to be like when Todd's not calling the timeout after the one yard Rashad White screen pass and letting uh, 17 seconds run off the clock before the 26-yard pass to Julio Jones on the final drive of, of regulation. You want it to be then where Casey Rogers looking at Todd going, Todd, <laughs> what are we doing here, guy? Call the timeout, right? Call it, call it, Todd. You're not calling the timeout, Todd? What's happening, Todd? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's um, it's uh, it, it was bad. I, I Listen, here's the thing. For a guy that has preached accountability, right, and we even That's- did a story on it, we retweeted with the Buccaneers put out their own, you know, I don't want to say propaganda, but their own insight. Like, hey, this is this is Todd Bowles saying something very positive and to the team meeting. Yeah. Right. Great. You put out the three minutes of him talking about accountability. I mean, if you go in the facility, it's like written like uh, in six-foot letters all down a hallway, accountability. And for him to come out, and just not be accountable today and just say, hey, I really screwed up. I made a big effing mistake and should have called the timeout. That's all you have to do. Own it. Just like like I got on Devin White for not owning, you know, his poor crappy play during, you know, a bad stretch of games before he turned it around. Um, you know, demanding accountability from him, demanded from from Todd Bowles. It was bad. Let's 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 go to um let, let's yeah, let's I'm just. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call timeout. 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 Call timeout. timeout. Call timeout. I, mean, I, I want to call timeout. We got three yep. of them, um, okay. which Todd Bowles might not know that. Right. Um, I do want to play the videos, but I'm calling my timeout because okay. I want to spend this timeout telling everyone about the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast, which of course is Celsius Energy Drinks, a variety of different flavors, and they are all fantastic. Variety is the spice of life, as I like to say. I'll get to that. In just a moment, but they got great flavors from the Arctic peach, the tropical vibes, a uh, ton of great different flavors from the cola to the cucumber lime to uh, the peach mango. So a variety of flavors there. And the key, though, is that they have seven essential vitamins and zero sugar. It's the healthy version of an energy drink. It doesn't give you that post drink crash that you'll get later on. Provides that essential energy to get you through your day, whatever you got going on, whatever goal you want to accomplish, accomplish it using Celsius energy drinks. You want to know where to go get one? That's cool. Go to the Celsius store locator on their website. Click on the store locator. Find out where you can get one near you. Maybe it's a local Walmart, Target, or Bodega, as I like to say. And then when you try it out and you realize that you love Celsius, that's when you can start buying them in bulk. I'd recommend the variety pack because, as I said, variety is the spice of life. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and have it sent to your house or apartment every one, two, three weeks, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. So I'm going to play two videos in a row here. 
Uh, there, Scott's first question about why didn't you call timeout with after the screen to Rashad White? And Bowles gives his explanation. I'm paraphrasing here because you can watch the video for yourself. But he essentially says we didn't want to throw uh, an interception that would give the Browns the, the enough time to get the ball back. The next video, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times is like, whoa, well, you threw it on the next play. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, what what's going on there? So uh, let's let's just play these two videos so you can hear it straight from the head coach's mouth on why he uh, has not been accountable by contradicting himself with these uh, with these two statements here. Seconds elapsed. It wasn't a timeout called yet. You had three of them. Why didn't you call a timeout there or Tom on the field uh, to preserve some time? If you look back, and I know it's hindsight now, but that twenty six yard catch by Julio Jones, you had eight seconds. You could have had 25 seconds with two more timeouts there. Or it could have been an interception as well. We said if we didn't get yards on the first down on the first play, uh, we wouldn't call a timeout. We would probably let the clock run. If he saw something, he could throw it. But we didn't get any yards on the first play. We got one or two yards with Rashad, and we were backed up. So if we had threw a pick and the ball would have went the other way and they had to kick the winning field goal, we felt better going into overtime, so I didn't do it. But he threw the ball. You heard the beginning of Rick's question. Yeah. Here's the second part. He threw it on second down. He saw something. He got it in there. Then we called a timeout. So, for that, yeah, he went the same way. And that's the same reasoning that one could have been intercepted, right? <laughs> yeah, it could have been. It was, it was a risky throw, but he got it in there. And you know, Tom's been making those throws. But we felt good going in the overtime, the way the defense was playing. And we felt we had it right there. So, just a call we made. Would it have made uh, any sense, uh, again, I guess if you're going into overtime, you're going into overtime, but then you could have just taken a knee at that point um, with 32 seconds left. But after they got stopped on third down, they have one play to score, barring a penalty. Would it have made sense to call timeout after Levante Davis stopped? It could have been, but we didn't want them to talk about it, so we wanted them to just line up the play and go, so we let it go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem necessarily with with them not calling a timeout after the third down play, right? Because uh, yeah, that, may, that does either. make some sense, right? It's it's all right, you, you know, you're on. And here's the thing: the Browns have a timeout too, right? Yeah. The, if if the Browns wanted to call timeout there, I, I think they they still had one more timeout left. I'm yes, not they sure. Did. Yeah, but so they had a timeout. So don't. You know, don't don't give them time to think about it. And if the Browns want to think about it, they can call their own timeout. So I, I'm okay with that line of thinking because you can start at, at your 25 yard line, and you have three timeouts. 32 seconds is not ideal, but with the weapons that, that the Bucks have, and you saw the 26 yard strike to Julio Jones, that wasn't like a surprising play. I mean, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Galvin, they, they had receivers to throw to. You have Tom Brady, you have Ryan Suckup. I like that combination. But what's just baffling is just not calling the time out there. Um, here's, here's why that, that was incredibly illogical. And, and the quote is, again, to my question, or it could have been an interception as well. That's what Bowles said. Okay, let's look at a couple of facts here. Tom Brady has thrown two interceptions this year, two it's the fewest number of picks he's ever thrown in any season so far. The Bucks are not good offensively, except for one thing. They don't turn the ball over on offense. That's like the best thing that they're doing this year on offense. Everything else is pretty much crap, but that they're really good at. 
primarily because of Tom Brady. Yes, he's had a couple of dropped interceptions. You can ground the league and quarterbacks. They will have dropped interceptions, okay? But but this uh, this quarterback play this year, and keep in mind, Tom Brady is leading the league in passing attempts with 470. So out of 470 passes that he's thrown this year, only two of those has been intercepted. And Matt, tell me how many interceptions the turnover crazy Browns have. How many picks do the sticky-fingered oh, Cleveland Browns defensive backs it. have? They how are many? crazy. With it, they have three. Three. Three interceptions this season. Three. And not one happened in Sunday's game. Not one happened. By the way, Scott, Tom Brady, uh, he's known as the GOAT. That's right. But how, yeah. like, how did he build up that that moniker, that resume? It was with Super Bowl wins. But remember, remember how he won his first Super Bowl? Yeah. He made that big comeback or that big yeah. drive at the end of the game with not a lot of time left. Oh, but that was years ago. That was years right. ago, right? He doesn't do that now. Yeah. Remember the I mean, Rams game? Like You only did that against three, the Rams, like, right? <laughs> like three games ago? <laughs> Maybe he just does it against the Rams. So maybe Todd Bowles will make that argument next. That oh yeah, like I he doesn't do it against know. like the Falcons when he's down twenty-eight to three in the Super Bowl. But yeah, yeah. this guy, he made a career <sighs> off of late comebacks or late touchdown or scoring drives. Yeah. He's he's got forty-three. He's got forty-three <laughs> come from behind victories. He has fifty-five game-winning drives on his resume, more than any other quarterback, right? And, and and how this how this game ended in regulation with two timeouts left is just it's malpractice. It just is. Um, it, it's it's stunningly bad. Again, and and see, here's the thing, Matt. You preach accountability to your players, but then you don't get up there and own your mistake. Instead, you double down on it and try to explain it away, and, and you're that, doing it without any shred of logic. I, right, I mean, right. again, now if if the Browns were leading the league with like 23 interceptions through through 10 games, and they picked off Brady once before, twice, like okay, maybe you're a bit gun shy. Like I, I get that, but for Bowles to sit there and listen, I'm a defensive minded guy. Like I love me some good defense. Uh, I'm probably being accused of of being a defensive apologist at times. But um, but I have to look at the facts. The facts are, yes, the Bucks defense was playing exceptionally well throughout most of the game, only allowed the, the Browns to score 10 points, Matt, up until the last 33 seconds of the, of the game, right? But for Bulls to sit there and say, well, the defense is playing well, Not well. but they just gave up the game-time touchdown. <laughs> Granted, it came on a fourth down, one-handed grab to David Njoku, but... But nonetheless, your defense just gave up a touchdown. So you really can't at that time make that argument. But the thing is, is Bowles was coaching not to lose rather than coaching to win the game. We also talked about the the, the punt on fourth and two, which I understood his reasoning for it. The analytics community uh, didn't like it. And, and, and in hindsight, I say, yeah, you probably try to go for it there. But again, this Bucks offense was just absolute horseshit for most of the game. And I use that term with great affection and accuracy because the last five drives that the Buccaneers had in, in regulation, three plays, four yards, six plays, 25 yards, three plays, seven yards, and three plays minus 10 yards. All four of those drives ended in punts. 
Then you had the final uh, end of regulation drive, four plays, 27 yards, and it ended on a failed Hail Mary from Tom Brady. But Matt, it just, uh, it, it, the, the offense was, was bad. One more score, one more field goal. They win the game. They're go by 10 points. But when they did have a chance for some Brady magic and some suck up magic at the end, Todd Bowles said, nope, not going to happen on my watch. I'm keeping these two timeouts in my pocket. <laughs> we have a lot more Todd Bowles videos to get to, so I will play his response to not going for it when they were on the yeah. opponent's 37 in just a moment. But a, a couple points I do want to make first, and we'll get to Leo's Super Chat. So hold on, let, super hold chat on. let's, let's well. get to Leo's Super Chat right now. because I'm going to call timeout. timeout. Yep, yep. <laughs> let's get to Leo's Super Chat here. Thank you, Leo, for the Super Chat. Uh, he says, Bull's comments today were fireable ones. His comments about him being scared, if you think that's scary, wait till Trask <laughs> is under center. Great comment, Leo. That's very that's true great. because that looks like it's coming down. I want to give line. you $5. I want to give you your money yeah. back for that comment, Leo. That's a damn good comment. That's that's yeah, some good stuff right there. That's a very good one. The point yep. I want to make with Bulls contradicting himself, and as you said, Scott, he should have just said, hey, listen, the, I messed the, up. Matt, yeah. Matt, I'm sorry. I got to call a timeout here because it is 420. I'm going to let you go on that rant, Matt. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you go off for a couple minutes here because I've done a lot of the talking. I want you to do the talking. But really what I want to do while you're talking is I want to do something we call Roll Call. Tell us where you're at, Pewter people. We have awesome fans all across the globe watching the Pewter Report podcast and going on pewterreport.com. We appreciate and love everyone that is watching and listening to this show. But for those watching right now, if you're in the chats, I'm going to start talking, going on my quote-unquote rant or the point I was about to make, and you let us know where you were watching from, whether you're here in the States, whether you're international. Scott will put it up on the screen as you see Adam Davies and Nathan Elliott, and Nathan Elliott right there. Appreciate you guys. You guys are always in the chats a lot as well. I will begin my point that I was about to make, and Scott will start putting the locations up on the screen as he already began. So the point to make is – not taking accountability and, and contradicting himself is that he's just digging a much bigger hole instead of just saying, hey, yep, I made a mistake. I should have called the timeout there. I messed up. We've seen coaches do it in the past where they take accountability for it. There's a great old video with the, the UConn men's basketball coach when he says, I effed up. I took this guy. I should have taken that guy. It's a famous video. You can look it up. Uh, but more recently, Different subject here. I know not everyone's a big baseball fan, but there was a player on the Philadelphia Phillies. He was making a lot of errors early in the season, and the camera caught him after he was getting booed, and he said, uh, "He said I hate it here. I hate it here. And then, obviously, that got picked up. It went viral, and they asked him about it, and he said, yeah, you know, I, I did say it, but it was heat of the moment. I was playing bad. I was mad at myself, and, you know, he took it out on the fans. And he started, you know, he made a play one day, the fans started cheering for him and they appreciated that he was just straight up honest with them. Then, you know, just lying and saying, no, I didn't see that when everyone saw it on camera. I mean, for Todd Bowles to say the things that he went into today about we're scared. We don't want to, uh, well, he didn't say we are scared, but he was giving off that emotion that they're scared with not wanting to throw the ball with Tom Brady and then throwing it. It just, it doesn't make sense. It's inaccurate what he was saying. And then to rely on your defense where, one, they had just allowed the game-tying touchdown, albeit a great play, as Scott was just saying. But, two, you had the game in your hands with those three timeouts and 32 seconds to go. You're saying, all right, you trust your defense. 
you're giving it up to a a coin flip, a coin toss right then and there. And at least the Bucks got the ball, but they didn't do anything with it. And it led to Tristan Wirfs getting hurt at uh, the end of the game because the offense couldn't score on their first damn drive. So they had to try it again with their second drive. And again, as great as the defense was playing, it took one Carlton Davis slip and the game was done. Amari Cooper yeah. got open. He went down the field and that was that the game was over. So just, just be honest, just be honest and say, yeah, Hey, I messed that up. I should have called timeout. A lot of people in the chat here would at least say, Hey, at least he's honest. At least he's taking responsibility for it. Instead, he tries to drum up this lie that I'm afraid that we're going to turn the ball over with Tom Brady when he only has two interceptions on the season. That makes literally no sense to anyone. And, you know, you saw the video on, on our website, on Peter Report's Twitter. Make sure you go follow it. A lot of comments, quote tweets, and no one's really backing Todd Bowles in this situation. Neither yeah. is, is Casey Rogers in this situation. <laughs> so, yeah. uh it's it's just frustrating because I do like Todd Bowles, the person. I think I he's a too. great defensive coach. I agree. But, you know, we're seeing similar mistakes that he made when he was the Jets coach. I mean, time management. And sure, if you want to blame Byron Leftwich for the fact that, hey, they should have ran the ball more and not thrown that, that pass on second down right. when the Browns are calling all their timeouts. Yeah, that's fine, too. But you didn't do your job when it came to calling the timeouts game and then if it's not him the timeouts or if it's supposed to be byron or tom brady though i doubt tom brady would not not call a, a timeout in that situation well you're the head coach you got to start stacking the deck and say all right you're in charge of this you're in charge of that but um that, that hasn't been the case with todd Bowles. well i think one of the things too is again and and todd Bowles is the head coach of this team ultimately he's in charge of the entire team the players the assistants the the uh, the coordinators, all of that, right? So the 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 buck stops with him, as it should. I, I will say this though: I, I Tom Brady is is a team captain. He's played football for twenty three years in this league. He can call timeout too, right? He can do this and call timeout as well. Uh, so I, I I just don't know what to what to think about that. Um, um, it, it's obvious. With, with the fact that he threw the ball on first down, which was a screen pass. And then on second down, even though he didn't call a timeout himself, he did zip that pass into Julio Jones. Tom Brady wanted to win the game before time expired, right? They threw a Hail Mary. They threw another pass after Julio Jones. So so the, the whole premise of, well, we were scared Tom was going to throw a pick. Well, Tom wasn't scared. Tom threw the ball every he threw four passes on that drive. So my whole thing is, is why didn't Tom Brady call a timeout? I'm going to ask him that question on Thursday. Uh, I, I'm just baffled that between him and Todd Bowles, nobody called a timeout. I mean, if you have two, then maybe it's like, well, we have to like save one, you know, obviously to get the field goal we needed on. Maybe we don't want to use one here. But it just seemed like it was scared football. And it was illogical. And so I, I'm going to go 90% Todd Bowles' fault, 10% Tom Brady's. But it's just nuts. I'm sorry. No, you're good to go. Uh, appreciate Brandon here for the $5 super chat from Canada, also known as Canada. Uh, the fact that this staff thinks they're entitled to the benefit of the doubt with these results is maddening. Maddening. They don't have a clue. Uh, let's get to the video that I was talking about 
before uh, one of the timeouts was called. Yeah. Um, this was Todd Bowles talking about why he decided not to go for it when Bucks were on the Browns 37 and then did not go for it. They tried to draw them off sides, yeah. and uh, that didn't work, so they punted. Analyst community says go for it at that point in time. What was your reasoning for, for, for punting and not trying to get some points because a field goal on that drive makes it a two-score game and you probably win the game at that point? Again, the defense was playing well. Uh, the offense wasn't playing it, moving the ball as well. So we tried to play the strength of our defense and get the ball back if we can back them up. Do you trust your offense? I do. But you didn't trust them in that instance? Well, I saw how the game was going. I trusted our defense to get the ball back, and I thought we can get the ball in good field position and still go down and get a score. I was looking for some body language or a tell when yeah. you asked him, do you trust your offense? He had a pretty good poker face. If he, uh, if he yeah, did. I mean, he he looked to play it again. Let's play it again. Let's dissect yeah. it from the body language part. Let's see. All right. The analyst community says go for it at that point in time. What was your reasoning for, for, for punting and not trying to get some points because a field goal on that drive makes it a two score game and you probably win the game at that point. Again, the defense was playing well. Uh, the offense wasn't playing it, moving the ball as well. So we tried to play the strength of our defense and get the ball back if we can back them up. Do you trust your offense? I do. But you didn't trust them in that instance? Well, I saw how the game was going. I trusted our defense to get the ball back, and I thought we can get the ball in good field position and still go down and get a score. He moved his eyes a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, his actions, though, state that he didn't. And you know what? I don't blame him. I don't trust this offense either. I mean, I, I don't think that there is an easy answer for punting or not, because just because you say, oh, you know, the analytics say be aggressive. OK, well, being aggressive doesn't mean it's going to work. Right. I mean, here's the last here's the last uh, plays. I'm going to just read this, pull this up and read this to you here. These are the last 11 plays. I'm sorry. The last eleven Tom Brady passes in regulation. Okay, and and this this goes back all the way through the three and outs. Okay, so there's three three and outs, and then there is the the final drive, which was a four play twenty seven yarder that also included the hail mary to to Julio Jones that didn't pass out that didn't work out. So the last eleven passes for Tom Brady in regulation. A one-yard pass to Chris Godwin, a two-yard pass to Chris Godwin, an incompletion to Chris Godwin. That was the shot down the middle, Matt. That was a devastatingly bad throw because Godwin was open, right. and that would have put them in field goal range. That that was that was a bad misfire by Tom Brady. Okay. Then there was an incompletion to Julio Jones. I want to say if memory serves, that was he was trying to throw an Enzo shot to Julio. Julio got kind of bogged down in the middle of the field, and Brady was like, you know, what are we doing? He kind of mouthed that. The Fox cameras caught it. I think he wanted Jones to continue uh, to where he threw the ball, which was more closer to the right hash than the middle of the field. Then there was a nine-yard catch uh, by Cam Brady. I want to say on maybe third and 12 or third and 15. Yeah, that's when he leaped like five yards away. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, then there was a five-yard catch by Rashad White. Then there was uh, two incompletions to Mike Evans and a one-yard pass. That was the screen pass on the final drive to, to Rashad White. Then the 26-yard pass to Julio Jones. And then there was uh, the 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 – incompletion to to um, Julio Jones to end the game. So if you look at that, 
that's that's Brady was five of nine for 18 yards on his four previous drives, five of nine. Okay. For 18 yards. So, uh, is that Tom Brady? Is that just the play calling? I mean, why are they throwing one and two yard passes? I don't trust this team to pick up two yards anymore. I just don't, not yesterday when they were converting 26% of their third downs. So as much as I want to nag bulls about, you know, defying the analytics and, and punting the ball. Yeah. If the punt maybe was down at the five-yard line like uh, it was on, on the next punt or 10-yard line, whatever it was, that's a better punt. I understand it only netted 17 yards worth of field position to the Bucks' advantage, so it, it wasn't really worth it in hindsight. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I've lost a lot of confidence in Todd Bowles, not just from yesterday's game, but from today's press conference when he didn't have any logical explanations for some of those poor decisions that he made from a coaching standpoint. I wish we had the, uh, <laughs> the brief Byron Leftwich video when he goes, no logic, no logic. <laughs> Obviously he wasn't just saying there was no logic to their offense. He was right. You were, he was talking about a specific play that, that you were asking him on, but yeah, yeah the no logic goes true again. And you know, Brady wants to get the ball out quickly. Players aren't getting separation. It's been the same issue since like the first and second week of the season. And that's yeah. what's frustrating is there's no improvement. Yeah, I want to say uh, shout out to Mark for his last comment. Yep, Mark is you. a continuous uh, donator to PeterReport.com. Thank you to Brandon as well. Yeah. Brandon Burkhart for the $13.99 Canadian Super Chat. No comment, just giving us a Super Chat. Appreciate Robert, that. Yeah, Robert with a $20 Super Chat. Thank Appreciate you, Appreciate that, Robert. Says, uh, it seems like Mike Evans has mental lapses during games. I c consistently see him not adjust his routes when a blitz is coming not get his eyes back to Brady on routes, et cetera. Are you guys seeing the same thing? One thing I will say, I, I want to go back and watch it again. Um, there was one deep ball, and listen, Tom Brady's connection with, with Mike Evans right now is just not, it's just not yeah. good. Todd Bowles uh, even mentioned that today, Matt. Yeah, we have that video. I'll play that yeah. uh, in a moment. But there was one in particular where Brady overthrew it, and sure, some of that's on Brady for sure. But I thought it was at least close enough where Mike could have either put his arms out, maybe try to catch it, maybe right. try to dive after it. I was so surprised that he just pulled up the way that he did. But I yeah. think it's really annoying more than anything else that they've been together since 2020. They won a Super Bowl together. They <laughs> smashed records last year, Scott. Yeah. They smashed records together. Yeah. And now this year, it's like they've never played together before. So that's the part. That yeah. is really frustrating for me. Uh, let's get into Todd Bowles' comments about uh, the Brady-Evans connection that just is not there at the moment. Yep. That's a good question. You know, some of them were defensive calls. Some of them we just missed it here and there. You know, we got to get that fixed. We got to get them back on the same page. You know, that, that struggle, it showed up yesterday. I'm not saying it was anybody's fault, but it did show up yesterday and showed up a few games before that. You know, we got to get that taken care of. It's it, crucial for our success. Is it kind of baffling? These guys have played together since 2020, right? I mean, play after play, game after game, three seasons now, and they're not on the same page. Um, Tom didn't necessarily say Mike by name, but he said after the game that that uh, they're not seeing things the same way and they need to get on the same page. Does that baffle you that that's happening this far into the season? No, it doesn't baffle me. We just got to get it fixed, you know. 
not necessarily them two, it's quite a few other people over there as well. We just gotta get on the same page and we're not on the same page in the shows. Do you guys run one-on-ones in practice? Yes. You do? Yes. Every day? Most days? Uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Todd Ball's getting grilled in uh, in multiple areas there. But, mm-hmm. you know, like Mike Evans was getting targets yeah. in yesterday's game. It wasn't like you know, to, to Todd Ball's first part about, yeah, some, maybe it's the defense, things like that. I don't know. Again, the Browns aren't the daunting defense that they've played like against the Saints and, and other opponents like that. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's really well. You mentioned that about Brady and Evans, Matt, and this is what Tom Brady said. This is the quote from after the game yesterday when he said, "Too many plays where we're just not on the same page." Brady said, "We're all not seeing it the same way. We just have to work at it and talk through it and see if we can improve it." Now, here's the crazy thing. This is, I mean, we're in week thirteen now. Yeah, we're we're only. I mean, we're we're pretty much the next game will be in December, Matt. Okay, and, and we're still having these these issues on offense where they're not on the same page. They're not seeing it the same way. Now, I'm just going to come out and say this. Again, I love Tom Brady. Totally respect him. He's the GOAT. But we have to kind of spit some facts out here, too. This is a guy that, that did miss some time during training camp. I don't know that there is a cumulative effect where into November, that time missed in August is is so damning that that it couldn't have been made up. But at age 45, Tom Brady does get a rest day every week. Yeah. Right? He gets Thursdays off. And you have to wonder if, if, there's, if there's some missing chemistry out there. And I understand that Brady's got a 45-year-old arm and they want to preserve it for game day. But sometimes it's kind of like, you know, uh, all hands on deck, right? When you've got an emergency, you need to – have everybody pitch in and help out him. Maybe Tom Brady needs to spend Wednesday and Thursday throwing the ball to get some of this connection down with Mike Evans because it's not there. I've had more than just Todd Bowles in that press conference tell me that you know Mike Evans is not right this year. He's not. This is not a typical Mike Evans year. He's going to get his thousand yards unless right. he gets injured. But I mean, three touchdowns. This is a guy that had fourteen touchdowns and broke his previous record, which was thirteen touchdowns. In 2020, so this is a, a big time, you know, uh, performer, especially in the red zone and the end zone, and and it, it's not happening for Mike Evans and Tom Brady right now. The other thing Brady said, Matt, was uh, it, when it, when he was asked uh, about his misfires with with Mike Evans, and I want to give Martin Emerson uh, some some credit. Emerson played a really good game. The rookie out of Mississippi State. I thought he did a very, very good job on Mike, kind of frustrated him, stayed with him. He's a big body guy. I like him coming out this year, even over Zion McCollum, just because he's played in the SEC, more battle-tested. But this is what Brady had to say. I have to keep finding ways to get him the ball. Uh, there were just a lot of tight plays, a lot of tight plays, and obviously we didn't make any of them. Um, so, Right. Um, to, to comment on the Brady not practicing thing, I, I know it was early in the year. Todd Bowles was like, yeah, he's going to have off like every Thursday. Brady has practiced more th- at this point of the year than he did the year before. So I'll give Brady a little bit of, of credit for that. The times that he misses practices now are a little more sporadic. But the later the season goes on last year, that was when Brady just, you know, would have his typical day off. So I'm curious mm-hmm. if that 
will remain the same now in this year or if because hey they're they're fighting for their lives right now i mean yeah it is it is insane that at a five and six record they are in first place in the nfc south and again they could have built a two-game lead which at this point yeah. of the season seems insurmountable yeah. <laughs> you know it is, I mean, it is december and it's later in the year yeah, again, I, I hate this whole, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda game, but let's play it, right? Just Let's just have some fun and play it. You know, let's say you, you can make some two-point conversions and you end up beating the Steelers and the Packers. And let's say you beat the Browns, okay? You know, let's say you crap the bed against the Panthers. But let's let's give you three more, more wins, right? Now, now, you're, now you're at eight and three on the year rather than being five and six. And at this point in time, at eight and three, you've pretty much wrapped up the division as right. long as you just don't have brain farts down the stretch, you know. And sure, you might lose the Bengals, you might lose the 49ers. But, you know, if you if you come back and beat the Panthers in Tampa, if you, you know, sweep either the Saints or the Falcons, you you win the division. Like boom, it's it's done. But now they're in this precarious situation where, you know, if you if you lose to the Saints, which I think they're going to do, if you lose to the Saints uh, at home on Monday night, um, and, and by the way, uh, not so great news about Tristan Wirfs. I mean, it wasn't catastrophic. He doesn't have a broken bone. The the knee looks to be intact. Uh, prayers up for Granny Wirfs, uh, Sylvia Wirfs, who's in the chat. Uh, we appreciate you watching and uh, certainly wishing Tristan Thanks, the best. He's an absolute gem of a guy not to mention yeah. the best player on this team from just a, a sheer physical ability standpoint he is the best buccaneer no question but to have josh wells go in there against cameron jordan on monday night uh, you know if i'm if i'm josh wells i'm eating so many bowls of wheaties between now <laughs> and monday night to get prepared for for cam jordan because uh, tristan Wirfs would have his hands full with cam jordan if i'm cam jordan now I am just salivating. I, I, I'm I'm actually trying to get like a medically induced coma. If I'm Cam Jordan, just wake me on Monday night. Just wake me on Monday. I, I want to go to sleep from now. I want to dream about sacking Tom Brady. I want to dream about brutalizing Josh Wells for days. But wake me up on Monday morning and and, I'm, and get me into Tampa. And I'm going to beat the hell out of the Buccaneers on Monday. I think it's going to be a bloodbath for Tom Brady. The only offensive lineman that he has left that's protecting him from, from uh, you know, from the, the New Orleans Saints front is, is this guy, Donovan Smith. Alex Kappa is gone. Ryan Jensen is gone. Ali Marpet is gone. Tristan Wirfs is gone. And now it's Donovan Smith who played some really bad football at the end of that Browns game, allowed Miles Garrett to do his thing. And, and Donovan has not played great football all year, but that's the last man standing right now uh, protecting Tom Brady from not even the Super Bowl year from last year. And then, then after they play Cam Jordan, if you somehow survive that, then you got Nick Bosa against the 49ers the, the following week with, with yeah. Josh Wells in there. So very tough sledding for the box offensive line and specifically Josh Wells. And uh, because the Bucks play the saints on a Monday, that means yeah. You know, you can watch football all day on Sunday, see what happens to the rest of the NFC South in that division. And, uh, you know, if you're watching a lot of football there, and thank you, Brandon, for the super chat, uh, you can drink a lot of Pirate Republic while you're watching football. And, of course, Pirate Republic is the official 
beer of pewterreport.com. They are based out of the Nassau Bahamas and invading Florida just in time for football season. Their beer brings people together to celebrate life, and that's celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code, which is a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. You have the Long John Pilsner, which is the perfect beer for tailgating, having be Florida sun. We also have the Take No Quarter IPA. It's the best IPA that you'll drink. You can also drop an orange slice in the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgium with beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Public is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area and is expanding across the state of Florida. You can live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic Beer, the official beer of pewterreport.com. You know, Matt, um, want to just kind of put like a little cheat code in there too. Uh, I crushed the turkey this year for Thanksgiving. Did a really good nice. job. Last year's turkey sucked. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to admit my mistake. <laughs> I'm not going to double down on it. I'm going to say last year's turkey was not good. Like, uh, you know, I cut all the meat off the bone, saved it for leftovers, ended up throwing half the leftovers out just because it wasn't a good turkey. I did not do a good job last year. This year, I crushed it. And because I got one of those injectors and ah, I, made, I made the breast really moist, the, the, the turkey breast was was very flavorful. And I used a can of the Pirate Republic Golden Haze of Piracy. I used a can nice. of that in butter and a whole bunch of seasonings. And I I boiled it and made like a, a little uh, injector sauce, if you will, and injected that into the turkey and made it really flavorful. So it was, it was a home run Turkey, very flavorful, very juicy. Thanks in part to pirate Republic. That's awesome. So there you go. You can cook it with your turkeys or I don't know, whatever meal you want to use. I want to get back to uh Brandon super chat real quick. Cause didn't mean to cut him off my pirate Republic read. Uh, appreciate everyone in the comments today. We've had a lot of great comments. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading some. We can't get them all up there, but right. I mean, well, we'll go with this one though from okay. Crimson FC. Thank you, Crimson FC, for uh, the 4.99 super chat. <laughs> Said played out in my fantasy league. This is another topic that we can get into. Played yeah. out in my fantasy league, but I should have known Leftwich was going to surprise <laughs> the Browns by not utilizing him. Genius, Byron wins again. Yeah, that was uh, disappointing to say the yeah. least. We talked before about Cam Brate having, uh, what, two receptions for 15 yards, both on third downs when it was third and very long, and he just went underneath and, you know, was the, the safety valve when, okay, we're not going to get sacked here, but we're not going to get the yeah. first down. k played one more snap than, mm-hmm. than Cam Brate. Yeah. Uh, the week before, Kate Otten played, I believe, 13 or 14, or the last game played yeah. 13 or 14 more snaps. Right. In what world can you convince me that Cam Brate should be playing the same amount of time as Kate Otten? Other than he's a great guy in the locker room. We love talking to him. He's great right. for the media, which doesn't help the Bucks win games. I mean, Kate right. Otten, we, t- we talked a lot about this on yesterday's post-game podcast. Check it out if you haven't watched it or listened to it yet. Um, Kadon has made splash plays. He scored the game winning touchdown against yeah. the Rams, as you see on your screen here. And yet he's nowhere to be found. 
in an offense that is struggling, you know, if they scored 30 points right. yesterday, not even 30 points, if they scored, I don't know, 24 points, you could still go, all right, they were able to put up points. They moved the ball somewhat. Wasn't Kate Otten's week. Probably expect them to do more the, the following game. When the offense refused to move the ball, constant three and outs, they only scored seven points in that second half. How can you justify yeah. not getting Kate out in the ball? I just, I, I truly don't get it. I truly don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't really understand it uh, either. I, I don't. Um, I did ask Todd Bowles about it on if we have that clip or not. But... We do. Let's, okay. uh, well, let's, let's go to it. Yeah, so this is Todd Bowles talking about Kate Otten and then um, a little bonus part of the video. Well, not really bonus because it's unfortunate. Uh, Todd Bowles gives us an injury update on uh, everyone besides Tristan Wirfs. We talk about Tristan Wirfs, but yeah, that secondary is banged up a lot too. So a lot of Kate Otten, a little bit about the, uh, the Bucks secondary as well. A, a function of Byron just not featuring him in this offense uh, yesterday, or was it Tom going elsewhere with the ball? Why, why didn't Otten receive any targets? Well, part of them going elsewhere is part of them because we couldn't stay on the field. You know, we had situations where we couldn't stay on the field. We couldn't target everybody. Um, it'll get his catches. We can target him. He had a heck of a year so thus far. We just got to get on the same page and we got to spread the ball around. From what you've seen and were told after the game, is Antoine okay going forward? He has an ankle sprain as well. You know, we'll see how he feels during the week. I don't know if he's going to be able to play or not at this time. Any other DBs that got hurt? Have you had at one point, um, you know, McCallum and Delaney out there at the end of the game? Well, we'll see how Sean has a contusion and Mike Edwards has a contusion. We'll see how they feel. It'll be day by day. We'll see how they feel at the end of the week. I know it's. Yeah, every, everyone's hurt in the secondary, with the exception of Carlton Davis had like the worst injury, and he didn't, he didn't snap, thankfully. Yeah. But yeah, not looking great for that secondary. Yeah, and, and the thing too is is uh, when it comes to uh, to Bulls again, I, I don't understand the. Uh, gosh, what's the word? I want to be nice. Um, crappy explanations. I guess there's probably yeah, a lot of it's repetitive too. And we get on Byron Leftwich's case well, but, a lot for but it, 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 it didn't make sense. He said, Well, we, we couldn't get him the targets because we couldn't stay on the field. But yet you targeted Cam Braid five times. He had two catches for 19 yards. Right. Okay. Cam Braid, and I love the guy. Like I absolutely love the guy. Like, not you know, in that way, but it's like, I mean, he's one of my favorite players to interview and talk with, right? I mean, he's, he's yeah. a, a good dude. Like you, you want to invite cam, you know, to your over wedding Thanksgiving. Yeah. Over for Thanksgiving. Exactly. He's just a great guy. And he was a really good receiver receiving tight end at one stage of his career. He's not that guy anymore. And so far cam Brate does not have a catch over 19 yards. And Kate Otten has three. And Cam Brate does not have a touchdown this year, and Kate Otten won a game with one. The arrow is pointing up for one of these players, and it's pointing down for another. And it's the guy who's it's pointing up for is the rookie, Kate Otten. And get him the ball. Prioritize him over Cam Brate. That's the point, Todd. And he completely just, well, we didn't have enough plays in the game. Well, then take the plays that you're giving to Cam Brate and give, and them, give to them to Kate Otten, okay? Yeah, no, um, I, I I get what you're saying. I, I think the point I was trying to make for uh, for when Todd is repetitive is is more things of like 
hey, the offense has struggled. Like, what is going to change? How are you going to be different? He just oh, says, yes. oh, we, we just got to execute better. You know, it just comes down you gotta to coach you better. <laughs> and we got to, uh, you know, we got to convert on third downs. We got to stop getting in third and longs. Like, that's yeah. the stuff that I hate hearing because it's the same thing over and over and over. And yeah. that's where, like, Byron has really come under the the ire of yeah. Bucks media and fans and being multiple and getting better in ways that we haven't yep. – you know that we haven't seen yet so who knows maybe right. just maybe hey yeah on the bright side coke yeah. did catch a touchdown but see we can't even give him credit for that because he caught that that pass as a fullback but if you ask byron leftwich no no i don't see him as a fullback no yeah he no no we don't look at him as a fullback then why are you playing him as a fullback right right i mean it's fine it's yeah, okay exactly. that that's the thing. It's I okay to say. Yeah. That's okay to say. Hey, he's an inline tight end. We 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 use him as like an H back, a move tight end. We line him up at fullback. It's okay. I don't understand why these coaches just can't like tell the truth. I think, they, I think they're like obsessed with the fact that oh, this might give a little bit of information to the opponent, which is dumb because the opponent's watching tape in the first place can be like, hey, Koki. Yeah. He pretty much only lines up at fullback or an inline blocker, as he said, at tight end. So yeah. I understand paranoia of giving anything away to opponents because Bill Belichick right. ruined that with Spygate and all the times <laughs> right. that he's tried to cheat to win. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. At this point, I, I trust Todd Munkin as offensive I would love to have Todd Munkin back. I, I, I yeah, text Todd. They were, from, the offense was great. That just, you I know, know. James threw a lot of picks. It's still doing great. He's the Georgia play Georgia, caller. I mean, yeah, he's no won dog, a national no championship. Dog. They're undefeated the last two years. So um, I, I'd love to have Todd back. I text yeah. him from time to time, and I, I watch Georgia football. My wife, Ashley, is from the state of Georgia. That's kind of her team. And so I, I love watching Georgia football. I'm not hey, a bandwagoner, and I, it's yeah, fun to man. watch. They're number one seed going to the college yeah. football playoff. They win the SEC championship yeah. game. I also, I also like watching K-State football. Go Wildcats. Yeah, there you go. You uh, won. Went to the, the Big 12 championship game against TCU. Yeah. So that was... And how about Florida State beating uh, Florida? Yes. And, and actually, like, being a good team for the first time in, yes. like, three or four years. So, Mark Cook uh, is smiling up in yeah. heaven, uh, yeah, look, watching his Knowles do their thing and beating the Gators yeah. on – on Saturday, so that was yeah. Fun. They're they're um, gonna play. They're gonna play in a in a good bowl game, which will be fun. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of dogs, let's talk a little bit about underdog fantasy and uh, how you can win big by playing their pickums and their rivals. We were just talking about some rivalry games there with the uh, the Gators and the Knolls. I should say Knolls first because they won. Um, it's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL and other sports as well with underdog fantasy in their pickum game. You just pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that deal. So once again, Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, over at Underdog Fantasy and see how you can win big with their pickums and their rivals. Again, you don't have to use it just for football. You can. Obviously, a lot of picks are made during football season. You have the Steelers and the Colts tonight. Not exactly a barn burner of a game, but hey, if you're interested in watching, pick a, pick a player on either side and uh, see if you can win. You can also do it for... 
you know, hockey, basketball. You can do it for golf, the UFC. A lot of different picks there over at Underdog Fantasy. Yeah, uh, we have a good comment here. Um, uh, wish we could get a lot of you guys' uh, comments up here. We've been flooded with them today, understandably so. We're prioritizing the Super Chats is what we do. We have another one on deck. Thank you very much for the Super Chats. Uh, this is from Christos. Uh, I'm assuming it's it's uh, Christos. I'm going to say Christos. Fair. Uh, Otten is better than Brait. Walton is better than Wells. Leverett is better than Gadek. He took them seven games to make a change. And everyone else will be better than Darden, yet the coaches, right? Yeah. And I think this is part of coaching, too. It's not just right time management, play clock management. It's uh, it's not just play calling. It's also personnel usage. And, uh, you know, again, it, it's like this. It it took Luke Gedeke's foot getting hurt right. to put Nick Leverett in the lineup. And Nick Leverett is no world beater. He is not challenging Ali Marpet for best guard in franchise history yeah. status. <laughs> But he's better than Luke Gedeke. It took him seven weeks to figure that out. And it, th- that's part of coaching, too. So when you talk about questionable decisions, yes, it was a, a game management, play clock management situation for Bulls then. But it's also been personnel usage. It's been – you should have fired the play caller a long time ago. Byron Lefwich is is is, is killing your job uh, security, dude. It just mm-hmm. – that's what's happening. And, uh, you know, I've tried to, you know, listen, peer report, we get read by the powers to be at, at one buck in your place. <clears throat> I mean, we do. We get feedback from all levels, including the players, about what we write. Some of the players even ban us on Twitter when they don't like what we write. <laughs> that just comes with the territory. Yep. But um, we're putting out there our opinions. We think they're informed opinions. We have got a great staff of writers. We talk collectively about what we're going to write. And, and by and large, we're not supposed to cheer for this football team. We really can't because we have to be objective. Uh, but at the same time, like I've always tried to position Pewter Report, we're a 51-49 organization. What that means is, is we don't straddle the fence, but we try to be fair, balanced, right down, you know, to, to provide that objective analysis and, and commentary and reporting. But if we're going to err on one side, if we're going to straddle one side of the fence a little bit more, it's going to be the Buccaneers, right? 51-49. Why? Because of you pewter people. This is your football team. This is the team that you love, that you're crazy about, that you watch, that you read about, that you listen to podcasts like the Peter Report podcast about. And so we we want to do our part to help you guys enjoy a better product on the field. And sometimes that's by putting pressure on the organization to do the right thing. And not that we're always right, not that we know more football than the coaches do, but sometimes we do. Right. I liken it to, you know, if if we owned a home goods store, would you rather sell more items in your store or sell less? It's kind of like, well, we'd rather have the Bucks play well because it garners more interest (laughs) and allows us to do cool things like cover the Super Bowl and, the team gets more national, uh, you know, public widespread, especially right. when Tom Brady comes here. But if they're playing in, in big games, that matters, too. So that's how I would kind of explain it yeah. to, to people asking about it, too. And yeah. thank you for the four ninety nine Super Chat. What's going on with Tom and Mike? They can't get anything going down the field and they look frustrated with each other. You they do yesterday during the game. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. But, you know, Mike, it's so funny because he's a very even keel guy, very yeah. cool, calm and collected. 
but he lets his emotions out on the field. You can go back yeah. to the, the Saints game when he got in the fight with Lattimore, and unfortunately right. that caused him to get suspended. But, uh, yeah, Mike, at times, will flare up and <clears throat> get, like, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. And I'm kind of okay with that because what he does, the good far, 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 far outweighs right. the bad. But sometimes you could see his body language a little bit. And, yeah. again, when he kind of pulled up on that one play down the field – Looked like he was frustrated. And, you know, this is on Tom Brady a lot, too, because it wasn't just the throws. Right. Tom Brady's not connected. You talked about it before. The big play down the field to Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. where Godwin was wide open and yep. he had a great game despite of it. That's an overthrow. That's on yep. Tom Brady. He had time on that play. It was an overthrow. It's yep. a bad throw by Tom Brady. It's the only way to look at it. So they're not on the same page right now. Yep. Well, Godwin and Brady are, but Mike Evans right. <laughs> and Tom Brady are not, and they have to fix it out soon if they even have a shred of hope of winning this division or making noise in the playoffs. I can't I believe agree. I even just said that. <laughs> we still have a shred of hope to get to 10,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. I just need your help. That's all. You guys have done a great job. We're pushing, what, 9,700, I think. Yeah, close Help to us it. get to 10,000. That's our goal by the end of the year. We really want to hit that. Um, no other reason just to say we did. That, that's yeah, important to have goals to set them yeah, in. It's good to have pearls. Yeah. yeah. And we want you to, to visit PeterReport.com. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll love our coverage. We've got a couple of stories up my two-point conversion. We've got Matt's uh, game snap uh, analysis. We've got the the story I just put up, which is titled uh, Bucks Head Coach Bowles' Explanation for Poor Clock Management is Stunningly Bad. So you can read my commentary there as well. All of pewterreport.com will have the latest news on Tristan Wirth's injury as well. Make sure you follow us on social media at Pewter Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And again, of course, Pewter Report TV, our YouTube channel. We want you to subscribe to it. The great thing is it's free. They say subscribe. There's a subscribe button. But Matt, if you need to click it, they don't charge you anything. It's free. So go ahead and do that. Help us build our following and make sure that you're liking the videos, like the Pewter Report podcast, like the the interview and the press conference clips that Matt puts up on our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. When you do that, it helps our algorithm and get us in front of more Pewter people like you to enjoy our content and grow our base. So we greatly appreciate everybody doing that. And uh, Matt, I'm going to call time out real quick. We got to we got to talk about something. Do we have any other ad reads we need to get to? Yes. Before the end we, of the show. We Which have one, do one we have? more. Let's uh, let's talk about our friends over at Age Rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Guys, don't punt on this opportunity. Go for it. (laughs) Even if it's fourth and two, go for it. Uh, Folks, I'm going to call a timeout here and let you know about John Gilmore. A good friend of mine helps us out with the Pewter Report tailgate show on game days. You can check that out. Uh, He looks great. And he feels great. Why? Because he's an age rejuvenation customer, just like myself. John's a little bit younger than me. I think he's 43. I'm 50. Just turned 50 this year. But when I was 43, I started to go downhill, very much like John started going downhill at 43. 
and I waited way too long. I got too tired, too sluggish. Uh, everything uh, was was just feeling old, you know, in terms of of my recovery time from working out. Uh, wasn't sleeping well at night, but I went to age rejuvenation and I feel great. I got the testosterone therapy. Why? Because I have low testosterone, like most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's just nature. It happens, fellas, but you can fight it too. You can go to agerejuvenation.com, uh, sign up for a free uh, uh, consultation, go in and get your blood work done. Insurance pays for it. They'll check your testosterone levels. They'll offer you the testosterone therapy. Highly recommended. Five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. It's a great way to lose weight too. My metabolism is through the roof right now. I've dropped uh, almost four pounds of actual body fat, not pounds, but body fat. I've increased my lean muscle mass. That's not easy to do at age 50, but I can definitely credit age rejuvenation for doing that. So um, don't delay. Um, call that timeout and uh, and make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah, make sure you check it out. That's uh, just about going to do it for us today. Appreciate everyone that watched the show today. We had a ton of uh, super chats and great yes. comments. So great comments yeah. from you guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, making us laugh, making us think. Um, uh, so great, great effort by you guys today. You put in better effort than the Bucks did uh, on Sunday. We talked about our YouTube. We put a YouTube up earlier, a new video of uh, Todd Bowles talking about why he didn't call the timeout after the screen to Rashad White. So you can check that video out. And as Nathan said, that was the great, greatest straight shooting Peter Report podcast of all time. We always strive to make it the best episode ever. I feel pretty good about it, Matt. I really did. I feel really good about it. Uh, We're going to try to beat it on Wednesday. Let's do it. A little bit of a scheduling topic. We're not changing the episodes or anything, but usually Wednesday we do uh, the preview for the Bucks' next opponent because the Bucks play on Monday, though. We're moving that to Thursday's show. We still have a show on Wednesday. Maybe we'll talk about who the Bucks could lure to be their next head coach if they decide to get rid of Todd Bowles, which we're not saying they should do that yet. Or what could convince Tom Brady to stay in Tampa yeah. Even after the season, despite all the hardships, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that on Wednesday's show. But until then, yep, oh, there you go. There's a little, there's a little sneak peek for you. Yeah, there's yeah. a little sneak peek for you. Right. Uh, and again, we, we, we're also going to have an update on uh, Tristan Wirfs. That's a little preview yeah. of our graphic for Wednesday. Because they're playing the Saints, and they don't play the Saints very well, period. They don't play the Saints very well in Tampa at all. Lost four straight games. <laughs> to the saints in Tampa. And that's a big loss right there because Cam Jordan, like I said, he is uh, probably frothing at the mouth waiting to get to Tom Brady. Yeah, no question about that. But until then for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everybody for watching and listening. And we'll see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Peter report podcast out out. Thank you, Peter people.